you know that some people, they seek attention, glory, and all that. But our flip side is from someone who most of the time would much rather be left alone. Lucifer Menda, Uzuri Carpenter, was recorded live at Seattle's production of Power from the mouth of the Occupy. It was the beginning of summer 2015, a few months ago. I got a call from my former roommate, Nicola Ayele. What are you doing, sis? I said nothing, even though I was doing something. Because this question usually preceded her, me picking her up and us going on some adventure. Our long car rides were like, let's catch up on our dream times, reminding each other why we mattered as we traveled from home to work and work to home. She would nag me about taking care of myself and I would nag her about treating herself better. On that night, it was the usual teasing and laughing and sage advice, along with unconditional love without judgment, letting it all hang out, just being ourselves. There was a lot of side eyes and eye rollings, and mm-hmm, what are you doing now? She would tease me about my hoopty car and I would tease her about all the stuff she had in the back seat of my car. <laughs> we talked about Netflix and random shows, family, dating, relationships and work struggles. On that night, we were on I-5 heading north. We pulled off the Everett exit because we wanted to get something to eat before I dropped her off at her uncle's house. I took a few wrong turns and became frustrated. I saw this large truck go over this meridian, so I decided to follow the truck. I got stuck on this meridian and my car was kind of like a seesaw. And about a foot of my car, of my rear, was in traffic. At first, we laughed. My car, and Nicola, and me, we always seemed to get into one adventure or another, or trouble. So I called AAA, and they said that I needed to call 911 for a faster response and that the cop car could block oncoming traffic because we were actually in danger. As we sat there undecided about calling the cops, a black man ran across traffic and said, he almost hit us, we need to get out of the car, it's really dangerous. He went to his car, he got a reflector, and he put it on the rear of my car to warn oncoming traffic. His name was Lejean. We called 911 and gave them detailed information about what happened. The drivers around us were frustrated. They didn't stop. Nicola, always the more positive of us, stated, I was, I'm not gonna worry about these angry white people. I'm just gonna worry about Lejean because black people always have black people's back. We saw an Everett Police Department car approach with lights flashing. I felt relief. I was like, yes, my car is going to be safe. And Nicola remembered feeling safe because of this female police officer. And usually, interactions with male police officers went worse. What happened here? Whose car is this? What's going on? She started firing rapid fire questions. She did not ask us if we were okay. She did not ask us if we were safe. We both tried to explain. At some point, I was like, this cop. I'm tired of explaining. Nicola, she kept going, the more calmer of us trying to explain. <laughs> then I heard, get your hands out of your pockets. Me and Lejean looked at her, and I remember her hand going to her jacket, and you could see her gun on her right hip, and it remained there. Me and Lejean, we put our hands up. But Nicola, she kept putting her hands out, still trying to remain calm. She was using 
her social worker voice to calm the cop down. She was playing the caretaker role, taking care of me, this light-skinned woman, as well as Lejean as a black man. What were you all doing here? What happened, the cop said. Nicola said, are you ready for me to speak? I remember her chin lifting with quiet dignity and I remember the cop getting angrier. But this is common to do. You don't ask people to listen if they're not willing to listen. It's the basics of anger management and de-escalation skills. She was waiting to see if this cop would listen. The cop's response was instant and angry. I'm not here for your attitude. Tell me how this happened. And Nicola said again, are you ready for me to speak? The cop looked angrier and more frantic. I remember numbing out and being silent. All I could see were her eyes and her right hand on her gun. She was panicking, she was escalating. And she said, are you ready to drop your attitude, she said. That's when Nicola didn't move anymore. It was a standoff. The cop's eyes were wild and her hand was on her gun. All our hands were in the air. She didn't believe us. How do we explain and not move? All expression and life died. There was no sound. There was no background noise. We did not breathe. My neck was stiff from trying to keep my hands in the air. I thought I was going to die. I thought we were going to die. This cop had all the power and we were trying to keep her calm. I started praying and asking my ancestors to come and my hands went higher. Usually I do this to pray and ask for God to come. I'll tip my head back to the sky and I said, dear God, please give me the words, please. Dear God, help. I actually started praying for the cop. I said, God, please see us as not dangerous. Please see us as human. Calm her down. Tell me the words to say. And then I heard a voice in my head and it said, be small, be small. called you. I blurted, we need you. We called 911. We need you. We called you. And there's something that snapped in her eyes. And she says, oh, I can help you. <laughs> you know, you can't blame me with everything happening these days. I just want to get home to my kids. I was shocked, because this was in reference to black people being shot by police. But she was scared of us. She felt threatened by us. We who were helpless. We who had called for help. We had no guns. I did not cry. Nicola did not cry. We held it all in. The cop became chatty and friendly. She helped us off the meridian. Lejean waved his hands in front of her face. He said, hey, I was cold. 
I just want you to know that I was cold. That's why my hands were in my pockets. It was almost to reassure her. Nicola still didn't move, didn't speak. I swear I did not hear her breathe for about 10 minutes. She was frozen. Finally, we got into our car, we held hands, and the cops watched us slowly drive away. As we were further down the road, Nicola began to cry silent tears, and I also began to cry. There was no sound, just water falling. I finally pulled into her uncle's complex, and we sat there in the parking lot, crying and holding hands and holding each other. She made me promise not to tell anybody and not for her, so her family wouldn't know. She said, do not post this on Instagram or Facebook. We found Lejean on Facebook and said, thank you. Finally, as we sat there for an hour or so, we made sure that her eyes were wiped so that she could enter her uncle's house with no tears. Big love. To lose Amanda Uzuri Carpenter for your story, it came to us from the production of Power from the mouths of the occupied in Seattle. Directed by Patrice Cullors and C. Davida Ingram. Thank you. <laughs>